Hello everyone and welcome back to more Knowing Wheel episode 52. I feel like I intro these every week in exactly the same way where yeah. I try and guess the episode number. Yes, episode 52 of Knowing Wheel. As course, as always, I'm joined by Mr183. Jamie, how how we doing mate? I'm good, yeah. Enjoyable weekend of Formula 1. So Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure you enjoyed it being sat in the cold in Italy. It was certainly interesting. I mean, we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit more as the show goes on. But yeah, not Imola, you know, a track with a lot of history. So was was really, really looking forward to it this weekend. I've never been to Italy as well, which was nice. You know, oh, wow. another one sort of ticked off that list, um, which was good fun. But a busy, busy weekend of Formula One action. Yeah, very. And obviously support series as well, all sorts going on. Yes, so. yes. Uh, we've, we've got plenty to get through today, of course. As always, you know, if you're already interested in sort of specific parts of the podcast, you know, if you're watching on YouTube, uh, there will be timestamps down below, of course, as well. Check us out on Spotify. You guys are smashing it over there as well at the moment. A massive, massive thank you to all of the continued support on the work at the moment. So, yeah, check out us on Spotify. Links will be down below for that as well, of course. Bye bit. I'm moving around in my chair again to show you guys that. You know, if you're interested in ten dollars of free crypto if you're over eighteen, uh, yeah, click the links down below. We've we've got Manscaped, we've got F1 merch as well. There's so much stuff down there to check out nowadays. We we can't really run through all of it uh, each and Half every week. Half the podcast just plugs every week at this. Point, it is it? just becoming yeah, pretty much <laughs> an hour of Formula One and plugs at this point, which which I suppose uh, is a good thing as well there, but. Yeah, getting back into it though, Jamie, this week, of course, we had Australia a couple of weeks ago and then we got into our pre-predictions or pre-predictions are predictions, I suppose, aren't they really? Yeah. Uh, for the Emilia-Romagna Grand Prix from Imola. But before we got into all of that, big, big news coming out of Maranello. You know, they, we, we got back to Italy and they announced Carlos Sainz, despite a disastrous weekend at Australia, he got an all-new deal. Yeah, a two-year deal as well, which I'm sure he was very happy with. Yes. So he signed till 2024, the end of 2024, yes. which I think makes a lot of sense for for both driver and team, really, because he's a perfectly adequate number two. Like as much as it will pain him to be that role, that is probably what they will end up being. Like he'll end up taking that role, I think, when when he keeps not finishing races, basically. Um, a bit but of yeah. foreshadowing there from Gene. Yeah, yeah. And if you didn't see the race, then spoiler alert, but you are watching a podcast about it. So Yes, on Tuesday. You yeah. had a bit of time to catch up. <laughs> yeah, I think it makes a bit it makes a lot of sense for yeah. And Ferrari locked down until well, at least twenty twenty four. So Yes, yeah. Driver predictions video already sorted. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I mean it's kinda of mad, isn't it? We don't normally see teams with both drivers sorted out. I mean, this is effectively three years. Because, of course, yeah. it's such a long season this season anyway. You know, this is a big, big time frame uh, that Ferrari have got him locked in for. And, I mean, there was all this speculation, wasn't there? We knew Ferrari and Sainz were discussing uh, the potential of a new contract over the last couple of weekends. Ferrari were really pushing for one year with the option to extend for another. Yeah. I mean, I think it's Carlos's cousin who's also called Carlos. It, th that whole family tree is just very confusing. I'm pretty certain everyone <laughs> there is called Carlos. Um, but he d he has his work out, but I'm sure he I'm sure he takes a pretty penny off the top of that. He's well, Sainz has now been what with half the teams on the F1 grid. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty mad. What Torosso, Renault, McLaren, Ferrari, is Ferrari, that yeah. So four well, out a of lot ten. of big names. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, two year deal is exactly what he wants. He's always done better with longer term deals. So yeah, signed up for the long haul with Ferrari. That'll be what his fourth season. Yes, yeah. at the end of it, yeah, four so. years ago, done a Ferrari, which is no mean feat. I mean, you're no. already getting towards how long Seb was there. Alonso, he was only there for four years. Five seasons, four, wasn't five it? Five years, yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, for Ferrari as well, though, like you said, Sainz might end up staying. Then I think it's quite likely he'll end up staying as the number two. But, you know, maybe he could have a Rosberg-style season, you know, the number two, gets a bit of luck, everything like yeah. that, gets a title and walks away. Yeah, you could. I don't think Sainz is that close to walking away yet <laughs> no but, no uh, very true yeah i think he's definitely not he's not in like the the bottas mold where you could never see him challenging hamilton no i think no. he's definitely got a bit more about him to challenge leclerc 
which I'm exactly, sure exactly. And I mean, we we talk about Bottas as well, but let's be fair. But without getting into it too much too early, Bottas had another very good weekend yeah, as well. He's going very under the radar this this season so far. He he has he has. I mean, I think to be fair with Bottas, we've always rated him quite well until he starts racing wheel to wheel with anyone else. But yeah, I mean, we'll we'll discuss that a little bit more later on in the show, but. Sainz on a two-year deal, slowly but surely, we're starting to see more of the pieces. Uh, you know, I think a lot of teams are really now, because we aren't going to see many major rule changes over the next few years, I think we're starting to see a lot of teams kind of wanting to stick with what they've got, you know, try and create yeah. some stability. Yeah, it's only a matter of time before Red Bull re-sign Perez, I'd imagine. So yes, yeah. it's looking like fairly standard stuff this next driver transfer season, unfortunately, for us. I mean, it basically blocks out the big three teams, doesn't it? Immediately. Yeah, unless Hamilton unless, of course, it, but I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't think... If the season continues going the way it is, I don't think Hamilton will want to call it uh, just yet. Of course, the other big news, getting into Imola, like we mentioned, sprint racing back. Jamie and I have now each both seen a proper sprint racing weekend. Yeah. Yeah, I was at Silverstone last year. You've been obviously in Imola this weekend. I, as a spectator, I think I said at the time, like last summer, I think it's so much better than a practice session. And I <laughs> so, completely agree. Yeah. I think some people who are a bit like stuck in the history don't like them, but I really don't see what the problem is. I really, I don't think they should be every weekend, but the current system, I think, works really well, to be fair. I think, yeah, especially with the new regulation of cars as well, isn't it? It does yeah. work a whole lot better. And I mean, points, would... I think, as well. Yes. Yeah, the new addition uh, addition to the point system i think definitely makes a big difference and i mean it is something clearly that formula one are really trying to sort of force into the sport aren't they as well but they are making good tweaks with it they are learning they are adapting i mean we'll talk more when we get into the sprint race review sort of the positives and the negatives as well but i don't think it's going away anytime soon shall we jump then jamie of course start the weekend sensibly with Friday's running. Yes, which was non-existent in practice one, really. Yeah. And then straight into qualifying with very little data, which was quite interesting. Uh, <laughs> quite a challenge for the drivers. There were plenty of red flags yes. um, throughout qualifying. It took, what, over two hours overall? I think it was about an hour and 45 yeah. minutes, I want to say, which was longer than the race, or pretty much the same length as the yeah. race. <laughs> um, which was fairly lengthy but um i'm sure it was longer for people having to wait in the rain at the circuit for each red flag to go out it was very cold I'm not gonna... <laughs> the, the problem was with imola as well and obviously the track hasn't had any fans in it for a formula one weekend in 16 years yeah they definitely need i mean the stand i was on jamie the problem was with it was it was concrete completely uh, and you your chairs they were kind of just plastic butt cups really is probably the yeah. best way you can describe it you had no back to your chair or anything like that there was no space either wow it's kind of in, it's insane when so you look at the very price like of the tickets 1980s <laughs> yes completely completely there was no room for anyone but the problem was obviously you're on these just plastic chairs and they had a hole in the middle of each one obviously the concrete it would absorb all this water <laughs> and then just push it back up through <laughs> Obviously, this hole is between either of like where obviously either of your butt cheeks are meant to go. So you just got an incredibly wet bottom, very very wow. quickly. And of course, where it's concrete as well, that's getting pushed out for hours after it's dried yeah. up as well. It was not not the vibe. I'll be honest. No, maybe I'm, I'm hoping better weather in Belgium in the summer. So we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, don't look at last year. Although <laughs> no. to be fair, when I've been to Belgium before, it has been interesting but pretty good for the most part yeah yeah same so should be good this year as well but we'll see but yeah q1 anyway back on topic we, we've slightly about... sidetracked there as we often do <laughs> yeah it was uh q1 hamilton scraped through was the probably the big talking point other than uh alban immediately caught fire um and then yeah it just blew up yeah so it's quite interesting he did his best barrichello you're on fire didn't he yeah which was quite funny <laughs> Um, yeah, that was the first red flag when his brakes exploded. Yeah, it was the brake drum, wasn't it, on the yeah. rear? And I think I don't know if you saw the um the radio from him. 
Yeah, yeah, he was quite terrified. <laughs> well, understandably, because yeah. obviously the brake pedal just went to the floor and yeah. did nothing. <laughs> like, you must, you got to think, Imola, you know, is a track where there's not much room for error anyway, as we found out as the rest of qualifying and the weekend went on. Having no brakes whatsoever, heading down in towards the most difficult corner on the lap, being Aqua Minerale, always going to be a bit difficult. Yeah, yeah, a brake failure is one of the most terrifying things that can happen. But it did go up in a good way. It wasn't quite a V10 blow-up, but it was still quite impressive, wasn't it? Yeah, it was fairly, very, very impressive. Another talking point from Q1, of course, was uh, Guan Yu Zhou putting at P4. The absolute goat. Um, Kind of irrelevant, but yeah. Well, very good pace, which I wasn't expecting because Bottas was like 12 or something. So Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, so Hamilton, what, snuck through by four thousandths of a second, didn't he, ahead of Yuki Tsunoda. Tsunoda... Must be said, though. Had a pretty decent recovery over the rest of the weekend. weekend. He was, he was. Um, Yeah, so it was both Avataris, both Williams, and Esteban Ocon, who I think had issues as well, if I remember correctly. Yeah, Yeah, so no... I mean, Avatari should have probably got through, especially since their home race. Um, But nothing sort of too shocking from that. Then we move into Q2, Jamie, and this is where it dried out for early on in the session but it was sort of when you know the the, the rain ponchos were coming back on yeah. it was definitely going to get wet very very quickly yeah they all kind of said we've got one or two fl- flying laps uh before the rain comes and then all of them got one lap in some of them obviously the teams that can't warm their tires up very well such as mercedes just their first lap wasn't that good because they don't have to tie heat up and then, unfortunately, when they were due to do their second lap, uh, Science on a cooldown lap completely stacks it into the wall. Science um, wasn't on a cooldown lap. Oh, was it? What was it? The Ferrari made him do two laps. Oh yeah, yeah. Because they were worried about the rain, which even looking back at it now still makes no sense. Yeah, if you're worried about the rain, the track is then through. done. <laughs> yeah. Like it's not going to get any better, is it? I don't know. But anyway, he stacked it into Rivazza two, um, yes, and ruined yeah. qualifying for anyone who was out because. The next 10 yeah. minutes were just a fully wet track. So there's no way anyone's improving. But he so basically unfortunately... ruined yeah qualifying for anyone in a Mercedes, Mick Schumacher, Guan Yu Zhou and Lance Stroll, wasn't yeah. it? So you, you spoke up Guan Yu Zhou with his fourth place in Q1 and then immediately he was out in Q2. Yeah, although he definitely had more pace. It was just a mistake on the one that only lap he got, which yes, can yeah. be forgiven by a rookie, I think. I mean, all five of those drivers probably had things gone right, had the potential to make it into Q3, yeah. couldn't they? I mean... Lance Stroll is not often one that we recognise as a good qualifier, but you in put him wet. on a, in a, yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly on a track with unpredictable conditions. He's actually a pretty decent driver to put your money on. He's either going to yeah. win it or bin it, kind of mentality. Yeah. But <laughs> probably, yeah, he's... pole position back in the day. Yes, exactly, exactly. Turkey twenty twenty. Max Verstappen crying behind a dustbin after that one. <laughs> Remember that like it was yesterday. Um, but yeah, the first time both Mercs were out in a qualifier since Japan twenty twelve. That is ridiculous to me. That's craziness. Like, um, I did some research after the race. When I, uh, obviously, spoiler, but Hamilton didn't get points. He didn't really recover from qualifying that well. It's the first time at all in the hybrid era that Hamilton has gone three races in a row without points. Yeah. Without um, podium, sorry, not points. Yeah. I was going to say, he definitely yeah. scored points. Yeah, he definitely did get points one race ago. But um, yeah, it's just ridiculous stuff. For, for Mercedes, unfortunately. The bouncing, the porpoising was pretty insane. I saw Russell was saying it's genuinely like a health concern. Yes. Which, yeah. you can't, it's got to be solved, surely. Even if it's a safety thing that they have to raise the ride height a bit. Yeah, like, it's very, very difficult, isn't it? Because mm. it's Mercedes are really badly struggling with it. But the only sort of way to get around it is to make compromises and formula one teams aren't really known for making compromises are they no they'd much rather have three tenths a lap and russell be in severe pain yes than the other way around unfortunately it was was the age-old adage wasn't it of the old school drivers you know back in sort of the 50s or 60s if you gave a formula one driver two cars one was safe one wasn't they'd always pick the safe one if you then mm. told them that the unsafe one was half a second a lap quicker, yeah. all of them would then pick the unsafe one because half a second is half a second at yeah. the end of the day. That's how racing drivers work. Yeah. Although it's definitely need hope for their sake that they got on top of it fairly quickly. I and definitely for their... hope for my sake. He says yeah, wearing for their Mercedes hat. <laughs> yes, yeah. Also, I think we've got to give a shout out, Jamie. We've given him a lot of stick in recent weeks. Oh, yeah. 
Sebastian Vettel, Aston Martin big, big into Q3 up. for the first time this year. Fair play yeah. to him. And it wasn't a flash in the pan. He was solid all weekend, to be fair to say. Yes, that. yeah. So was Aston Martin as a team, to yeah. be fair. Um, but yes, yeah, Sebastian Vettel making it into Q3. Speaking of which, like we said, the rain was expected. And things were going to either get spicy or get red flaggy. And unfortunately, it went down the second route, didn't it? Yes. <laughs> I think there was time for one lap at the start. Yep. And then there was a bit of time in the middle. So Magnussen spun off. They bought our red flag too quickly and then he carried on. So... I mean, they kind of had to, didn't they? Because I don't think he was going to be able to go anywhere unless other cars weren't on laps. Yeah, maybe. Although, am I right in thinking they can throw a VSC out in qualifying? I think. They can, but I don't think... I mean, to be honest, they never really want to do anything that isn't a red flag. No, because it takes Because there's time, just no point. Yeah, but yeah. So there was one one lap before the red flag, the first red flag, which I think Leclerc was fastest after. Leclerc was fastest by two one hundredths of a yeah. second over Max Verstappen. Yeah, Magnussen then spun off red flag. Uh, they come out again after that. Max is over a second up on Verstappen on um on Leclerc. Leclerc, yeah. And then Bottas pulls off in front of him and causes only single wave yellow flags. Luckily for Max. Uh, he lifted off by about half a second and yes, still got yeah. pole by best part of a second. Yeah, so, which is kind of mad. Yeah, and unfortunately for everyone else, they then red flagged it for Bottas's car. Then when everyone tries going out again at the end, Norris unfortunately spins when he's in third. So another red flag comes out. What a heartbreak for Lando Norris. Yeah. <laughs> best qualifying, a bit like Leclerc last year, wasn't it, at Monaco? Yeah, or uh, Schumacher think... 06, Monaco. Yes. Yeah, I mean, he, he didn't quite get away with it in the same way. No, <laughs> um, but, but like you've got to be thinking. I think five drivers had done the same thing as Norris had. Yes, exactly. Um, there was no like, malicious. He's intent. literally on an outlap and he's sticking a wheel over the white line. But I don't know. It was probably just a mistake. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I mean, there's no malicious intent there, at least sort of in my eyes. Uh, but that meant, yeah, the grid then looked with Max Verstappen starting from the pole position for the sprint race, Charles Leclerc. Lando Norris, K-Mag with Haas's best ever qualifying session in fourth, yeah. and Fernando Alonso, El Plan in P5, with Sergio Perez having a bit of a rough session uh, to end up down in seventh, and of course Sainz out, so he was down in tenth place for the grid, which kind of shaped us up for a spicy sprint race, didn't it, Jamie? Yeah, a couple of cars out of position is always kind of what you want in a sprint race. Yes, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, and it was actually a very good sprint race, so obviously right at the start, uh, the next day on Saturday, it was fully dry conditions, which I'm sure you were happy about. It was um, wonderful and sunny. <laughs> so, yeah, Leclerc immediately got Verstappen. I think he had gear sync issues or maybe just messed up the start and blamed something. Probably. Um, yeah. Then what else happened after that? Oh, Joe and Gasly crashed. That was very painful. <laughs> K-Mag and Ricardo almost, Ricardo almost took out two cars on each lap one, didn't he? I don't remember he, what happened. With... He banged wheels with K-Mag down in turn one in, to be honest, oh, yes. fairly similar fashion to, spoiler alert, what he ended up doing to Sainz on Sunday. Yeah, so maybe not the best awareness from Ricardo at lap ones, but he got away with it this time round. Yes, yeah. Um, yeah, um, not only are they my two favourite drivers, apart from Verstappen, it's probably up there, um, Joe and Gasly. Joe and Gasly, both, this is, yeah. Yes, both of them are also in my fantasy team, which... <laughs> Was not the best, not the best uh, collision for me. No, happen, no. But Joe was out on the spot. Gasly had to pit. I'm. Su- I don't know how he wasn't out as well. To be fair. Yes, um, that, I was like, quite surprised with that one. It looked like so much damage, but they just changed the wheel and it was all fine. So yeah, unfortunately, I think it was basically a racing incident. Joe left yeah. the car's width on the inside. Gasly slightly understood, but you're always going to understand in that corner. Yeah, it was. Pleased. It was a difficult one, wasn't it? Because it was yeah. at the top of the hill after Tosa. Um, I Joe sort of gave just enough room, yeah. But obviously, Gasly was forced to the curb, and obviously, the, some of the curbs around him are still so high that it always creates a bit of instability in the car. So they kind it, it looked to me, like you said, like they were racing instant, like they kind of just met in the middle, and yeah. there was not a lot either of them could really do with it. You know, you couldn't really sort of apportion blame either way but like said, agreed, so. yeah exactly exactly I mean it completely ruined Guan Yu Zhou's sprint race and Gasly's yeah. let's be fair was basically ruined as well yeah um, but yeah we saw Leclerc lead from Max Verstappen then off the start I must admit 
stand I was in, obviously every stand at Imola was full of Tafosi, but people were going wild immediately. That was <laughs> genuinely probably the highlight of the weekend was, you know, when Ferrari had their good moments, sort of the reaction in the crowd. Mm. Yeah, pretty, uh, pretty good scenes. Um, I'm sure it would have been so much better if they didn't throw away the race. But there we go. <laughs> uh, what else? Not really... Sprint race, nothing really happened until the very end. Obviously, we had Perez and Science coming through. Yeah, they sort of kept it interesting, yeah. didn't they? Yeah, to finish third and fourth by the end, um, which is kind of where they expected to be. Um, and then other than that, it was Verstappen really keeping Leclerc honest all race. And then right at the end, last like four or five laps, got inside DRS and eventually was able to pass. I think Leclerc was quite bad in his tyres, especially those soft tyres. Um was it soft? Yeah, it was soft, wasn't it? Yeah, everyone was on soft yeah. apart from the Haas cars and Latifi, which yeah. really screw K-Mag. Yeah, because the mediums were not, not the one. Although the Haas is notoriously bad on its tyres as well, I think, this year. Um, So maybe it was all they could do, but I don't know. But yeah, Verstappen got past Leclerc right at the end, made up for his uh, bad start and took the win for the sprints, which... Yeah, it doesn't get you pole position anymore, but he already got that, so it's all right. But it did exactly. get him eight points, so he uh, he did, jumped did, up did. ahead of Hamilton in the championship. Yes, yeah, it did, didn't he? It was, I mean, to be fair to Max Verstappen as well, it was quite a decent move around the outside. Yeah, it was. Down it wasn't turn easy. One. But it certainly showed, you know, Red Bull had brought just that little... I mean, they were, they were the only team that sort of spoke about bringing upgrades to Imola. They were kind of there, like, we need to throw everything at this as soon as possible. And safe to say, after Saturday, it looked like it had clearly worked. So we had a Verstappen win ahead of Leclerc and Perez there. So we had both Red Bulls uh, first and third and both Ferrari second and fourth. McLaren, fifth and sixth. Another very decent session by them. Yeah. Uh, with Bottas, K-Mag, Alonso and Mick Schumacher. If only it had been Sunday. Finished in P10 <laughs> there in the sprint. A bit like George Russell last year at Silverstone. Yeah. Yeah, it was uh, decent for, for Mick. And double, like, double top 10 for Haas, which probably not happened in a very long time i can't probably 2019 maybe last time they got two cars in the top 10 on the grid 2019 20 no yeah it must have been 2019 yeah so they had a decent car early on yeah yeah so yeah pretty decent sprint race uh russell and hamilton basically stayed where they were which was not that surprising really um i think they're running quite a lot of wing not expecting to be quite as screwed in qualifying yeah so this overtaking was kind of the problem, wasn't, wasn't it they kind of put themselves in a bit of a trap, which, I mean, yeah. as we saw, unfortunately, about Hamilton on Sunday, I completely ruined his afternoon. But that set us up then, Jamie, for what was looking like a very, very interesting Sunday. Now, it probably started raining. I want to say, you know, as, as our trackside reporter from this week's <laughs> Formula One, it started raining about two hours before the Grand Prix. And, and it was lashing it down as well. Everyone around us was watching the weather apps and it was saying that we were going to get rain about an hour into the race as well. Yeah. According to most sort of weather station data sort of nearby across Italy. You know, there'd been a lot of stuff, a lot of rain that sort of come over Corsica and was heading up towards Imola as well there. But it meant again we had the top two starting in the same positions. I think everyone at the track that wasn't a Red Bull fan wanted to see Leclerc do the same thing again <laughs> off the start just because you know you're you're in Tafosi land of yeah. course you want to sort of see the Tafosi loving it didn't quite work out that way though did it unfortunately Ferrari had a bit of a stinker of a start yeah straight away Leclerc was overtaken by Perez straight on third and then Norris as well got him into turn one um so straight on to fourth for Leclerc I see no yeah he was fourth yeah yes, I see people yeah. on Twitter blaming a uh <laughs> the grid slot had a bit of concrete different than the rest that of the was track. quite funny yeah but just no he just didn't get a good start so yeah Leclerc was straight down to fourth Science uh, was straight out of it unfortunately for him uh, second yep. race in a row that he was just left in the gravel at least this time it wasn't his fault no because um, no. Ricardo, like we said earlier just understeered into turn one hit the curve quite hard and then he had to Sainz. correct it didn't he yeah it's a big snap over Steph yeah. Danny Rick and yeah ruined both was... their races actually because he would never really recover from that Ricardo no. despite carrying on no exactly I mean Tafosi were not happy with that one no uh, but I honestly thought after that moment you know maybe we're setting up for a David versus Goliath Charles Leclerc win you know there was still that part of me that thought can Leclerc do this I genuinely wondered whether Ferrari kind of just left a little bit on the table sort of trying to lull Ferrari uh, trying trying to lull a Red Bull even 
into a bit of a false sense of security ready for the rest of the Grand Prix. But as we now know, probably wasn't the story. No. Mick Schumacher as well almost binned it down at Turn 1, didn't he? Yeah, he hit the side of Alonso, which I don't think everyone saw at the time. But No, no. Um, he half spun straight away down from 10th to 17th. Yeah. Um, and yeah, Alonso's race unfortunately was ruined by that as well because it cut a hole in the side pod, which eventually just came apart. Yes, um, yeah. Which makes it, well, three three out of four races that Alonso hasn't, like, has just been reliability, basically. I guess his one wasn't reliability, but it was still no fault of his own that he's no, out of the race. exactly, exactly. And I mean, so, the other big mover off the start, of course, was George Russell. Had a fantastic yeah, getaway, yeah, straight up. He gained, very good. he gained two places before Turn 1. And then, of course, gained another two because Ricardo and Sainz were too busy and snogging well. at him, uh, snogging <laughs> the first chicane. And then, yeah, Bottas as well because he was at the right place at the right time through the first couple of corners. So it immediately started to fall into place for George Russell, which was a glimmer of hope in what had been a dark <laughs> weekend so far as a Merck fan. Yeah, straight up to sixth, um, which he basically stayed all race, really, so pretty solid from Russell. Uh, K-Mag was still fifth at that point so he started to fall back as the tyres went off it was kind of weird the first thing because nothing really happened um, but people were waiting out on the Inters thinking that this second batch of rain was coming Yes, they, yeah. they didn't want to bother going onto dries for like five laps um, just to then pit and lose 30 seconds again so it was a weird one but it didn't really, yeah not a lot happened in the first stint other than Leclerc no. harrying Perez and not really getting close enough well, you had, obviously, the Claude jumped Lando on lap eight yeah, without DRS. Cool. That Ferrari was looking very, very fast. Lando kind of let him through in that one, though, I thought. A little bit as well. I mean, I thought it was quite funny. The pre-race interviews, Lando said, you know, there was no chance he was going to be able to battle a Ferrari this weekend. And then they yeah. beating both beating of them. Beating both of them. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, we sort of had Russell as well. You know, K-Mag, unfortunately, just like Saturday, um, kind of just went backwards. As It seems like Haas have yeah. got very good qualifying pace, but not quite the same race trim. Uh, but he had a good battle with George Russell, he Kevin did, Magnussen. Yeah. Uh, a bit of battling down at turn one, and then Russell made, I think, one of the only moves we saw all race uh, that wasn't down in towards in turn, turn one, one there. I know Straight Bottas made Minerali. one as well. Yeah, Bottas uh, yeah, down into, Not into Aqua Minerali, into the chicane. Oh, yeah. What's the chicane called? I actually can't remember. Uh, you were there. Come on. I know. I it's, Variante Alta. That was yes, it. I think so. Yeah. And then Bottas got him a lap later into Rivazza 1. Yep. So, yeah, Magnussen just sort of fell back. We kind of expected that, although the tie wear is definitely an issue for, for Haas, I think. Um, yes. But was able to still yeah. recover some points by the end, so pretty okay. If, like, if finishing P9 is a bad race for Haas, I'm sure they'd have taken that 12 months ago. Exactly, so. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, but, I mean, we were kind of, weren't we, just sort of waiting for... I mean, it was Ricardo that made the first switch onto the dry tyres. And we could sort of see him coming around Tosa. Verstappen was a couple of seconds behind him. Yeah. And then the next lap they came around, Verstappen hadn't got any closer. So it was yeah. quite clear, you know, from about lap 16 onwards, you could have made the switch onto the dries and it probably would have been quite beneficial. Uh, but it was actually Checo Perez that was sort of the first major runner to make the yeah, call yeah. on lap 19. Because again, I think of... everyone was trying to hang on. Yeah. And as soon as one person pit, obviously everyone pit. It's just no one wants to be the first, really, isn't it? So No, exactly, exactly. It didn't really change the order that much, other than Perez immediately, uh, he was behind Leclerc, but then because he had his tyres warmed up, he just got straight back through yes, into second yeah. place. Um, and also Hamilton was a bit too cautious, I think, uh, in terms of, like, he could have pit a lap or two earlier, I think. Uh, right, sorry, yeah, yeah. Not in terms of the pit exit. That was no. not his fault at all. <laughs> no, exactly. I was going to say, what can he do there? <laughs> he got screwed by Ocon getting released into his path. Yep. Um, and, and Ocon did hit him. Yeah, that lost him the place to Ocon and also cost him a place to Gasly as well. And um, the coupe a lap earlier. There was one other car as well, wasn't there? Albon got yeah, past Alban them too. both. Yeah. Because of it. And obviously that I mean, like we said, we'll discuss in a moment, but that basically just completely ruined Hamilton's afternoon. I don't know if he yeah. picked up a little bit of damage I from that contact was... with Ocon. There it was didn't a look like it. it was a fair knock, to be fair, between the two of them. Yeah, I feel like that it would they would have told us by now if he had damage because they would like like that would be a good excuse. So. Yeah, possibly. Possibly. But yeah, like you said, though, Perez obviously re-jumped Leclerc on cold rubber. Uh, but then, everyone's on dry tyres, and it took them another 12 laps before they enabled the DRS. Which yeah, I can kind of see why. I can't. I, I think 
for that for that twelve lap period into turn one, there was effectively maybe one and a half of a dry line in terms of width. So by enabling DRS, you're just asking people to be going side by side on wet patches. And we saw last year that ends up in massive 200 mile an hour crashes. Very so, different wet conditions last year, though, Jamie. Yeah, it was more. It was definitely more wet. But about ten times more. Yeah, I I can see why it didn't, but I did. I do agree. It took maybe a bit too long to enable it, but for the first part, I can definitely see why they didn't enable it straight away. Um, but yeah, if, it wasn't. If it's it wasn't dry bad enough for, me. for dry tires. It's dry enough for DRS. Well, it might be I'm dry sorry. enough in one line for dry tires. That doesn't matter. <laughs> what you're saying? Just let people go side by side on a wet patch and just spear off into the other car. Like George they're the best drivers the in the world. They can manage it. And you can't compare it to last year because that track was 10 times wetter. I, I guess for me, I was just upset by it because it then meant by the time DRS had been enabled, Gasly finally got back within the range. Yeah, of I did quite like that because Gasly was about a second and a half off of Alvin yeah, the Hamilton whole time. Yeah, flown past it. As soon as DRS enabled. got enabled, Gasly moved up to about eight tenths. And <laughs> so, just... Well, I mean, yeah, it's DRS two trained. Red Bull Juniors just sat yeah. there screwing Hamilton. Gasly and Alvin just screwing Hamilton the rest of the race. We love to see it. Yeah, it was it was it was not a mood. I mean, we kept seeing Hamilton get close to Gasly down towards turn one. You know, yeah. sometimes being able to look to the outside, but people were saying, you know, has Hamilton lost his racecraft and things like that? Like, has he not been able to make a move there? Like, there yeah. wasn't really a lot he could do. No, Gasly kept covering the inside. I do think he is a bit too passive, especially on lap ones. If you compare him to Russell in Saudi and in Imola as well. Like, I, Hamilton mm, plays it safe all the time because he's used to, for the last 12 years, he doesn't have to take any risks on that one because he's got the fastest car, usually. Not last 12 years, he hasn't. No, not obviously not 12 years, but, like, definitely since the hybrid era. Uh, the, so there's no need to risk stuff on that one. In this midfield, which is where Mercedes are right now, which is surprising, yeah. you have to take risks on that one, like George Russell did, and gained, what, set, like, five places. Yes, yeah. I think it's very difficult, isn't it, for Hamilton, because... It is a completely different style of racing to ever, anything yeah. he's sort of ever been involved with. And I think there is still an underlying issue that isn't discussed enough, which is the reason why, when we look back at like Hungary last year, the fact Alonso and Hamilton had a good battle there that was clean. I am a firm believer in the fact that, you know, Hamilton and Alonso grew up in an era where you could still get seriously injured. Mm. you know racing in junior formula if you got involved in a big crash we've now got a lot more drivers that have come through the ranks where you can to crash aren't you they? can put it all on the line because you know well if we crash i'm not going to get hurt or it's yeah. highly unlikely i'm going to get mm. hurt yeah and you see that people said that raikkonen was super passive as well but he literally raced well same as alonso really like alonso did get seriously injured many times especially brazil 03 springs to mind Yes, yeah. Like, couldn't go to podium because he was on, in hospital. So, yeah, I can see why these older drivers are seen as being passive. But I do think it's also helped, or, like, not helped by the fact that all the young drivers coming through are super aggressive, basically. Which has yes. kind of been, like, that that change, that shift was forged by Verstappen, I think. Exactly. Coming into quite sort of a passive grid and being doing whatever he wants and not really getting any... Being a like, maniac. Yeah, not really getting much uh, punishment for it. No. Until a bit later on. No, exactly, exactly. Because I mean, sometimes I mean, Earth probably still the two big ones, weren't they? Was Silverstone last year? You know, when you exclude things like Grosjean's freak accident and stuff like that a couple of years ago. Um, but Silverstone last year was, I think, had a more experienced driver been alongside Hamilton there, probably would have lifted out. No, I think that was very unique. It was a unique incident, don't get me wrong. But I think you know, if, if either of them back down, then there's going to be some very much psychological warfare going on. Yes, very true. But, and then the other one, of course, was Monza last year, where, let's be fair, a very big chance there Hamilton could have been seriously injured, yeah. if not killed, had that not been 10, 15 years ago. You know, mm. there's no way an Alonso or a Kimi or a Hamilton, to be fair, would have done that to another driver. Yeah, oh, uh, uh, yeah. I think we're gonna go down the rabbit hole if I bring up Silverstone again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I agree to disagree on Silverstone, but Italy. Yeah, I think the curbs also were a bit to blame for that, but the halo definitely bailed out anyone who might have. Uh, yeah, bailed out Hamilton, and yeah, Verstappen 
could have been left a bit more space but yeah the last year was so unique because they were both just not backing down from anything by the end no no exactly so exactly um but i mean yeah this we we kind of got off topic there because let's be fair for a lot of the afternoon after that not really a lot was happening was it we kind of saw no. sonoda uh, he was really a standout of the weekend wasn't he yeah uh, he, he was very good he kept things interesting, you know, slowly picking off cars, you know, as the weekend went on. It seemed like Alpha Tower's woes on Friday uh, were very much sort of pushed behind them, at least from Sonoda's side of the garage. Then, of course, we get the interesting bit of Leclerc, Perez and Verstappen all pit on a set of soft compound tyres because they've got a huge margin over Lando Norris behind them. Did Leclerc Lando... come out behind Norris at first? He... What's that? He did... Leclerc came out behind Norris and then overtook him immediately. Was that first uh, time round or second time? Yeah, no, it was first time round as well, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so he got picked off Norris immediately, tried to put the pressure on Perez. Probably the yeah. biggest talking point from the race happened yeah, definitely. as he's trying to catch Perez for DRS. Just completely made an absolute unforced error on the uh, on the curb, which he'd been launching over all weekend, to be fair. They all have been, to be fair. Yeah. With the exception again of Haas. Mm. Has yeah. just K-Mag definitely we didn't really see much of Mick for most of the weekend but K-Mag just couldn't seem to get anywhere near it in the way most drivers were yeah yeah he was definitely losing a lot of time there but again he didn't spin so maybe it was worth it um, but Leclerc yeah completely put it in myself in a wall for no reason quite lucky to get away with it I thought like immediately I thought he might be out if he can't get it going yes but yeah luckily for him kept it out the wall or kept it going sorry he didn't keep it out the wall definitely um, didn't keep it out the wall no. because the front wing was hanging yeah. off and immediately pit dropped him down to ninth after he changed front wing but obviously he's got such a fast car that he picked off a few more towards the end and ended up finishing sixth yes but yeah exactly it's just it's very unfortunate for him i think but then again like this last week he's been everyone on, i mean he hasn't been saying it too much actually but pundits and people on social media have been saying oh this is a new leclerc this year no more mistakes no more i am stupid moments and then he goes and does that in a race yeah at, at his home at the team's home race as well i don't know it, it really wasn't wasn't great from leclerc no. but it did bring me a lot of happiness because verstappen might actually have a chance at the title now so it's all good Maybe, maybe. I mean, we'll, we'll see about that <laughs> down the line. But yeah, it, I mean, it was an unlucky error for Leclerc as well. But they were all being super aggressive over that curb. But that was just one. I mean, the fact he got all four wheels in the air, yeah. just whether it was he misjudged how much grip he'd have going in. You know, you've been on a worn set of mediums. He turns it in at the same point, And obviously, these tires just bite immediately. Mm. Uh, but no one, of course, to blame but himself. I mean, after that, I started seeing quite a few Ferrari fans leaving the <laughs> venue. Rather unsurprisingly, because for a team that had i mean the first two race weekends were pretty decent pretty you know perfect sort of, for ferrari yeah i mean Jeddah could have gone the other way but it wasn't a bad result by any means and then science sort of might have opened the floodgates uh at australia <laughs> but yeah unfortunate for leclerc there like we said he re-emerged p9 but could pick cars off with a superior straight line speed sonoda also then jumped vettel a uh, late on yeah, in the day he was temporarily sixth sonoda um, yes he was he was. And then I think the only other really big thing we had, yeah, was George Russell under huge pressure from none other than the man he replaced, <laughs> Valtteri Bottas, yeah. towards the end. I think Bottas, if he'd have overtaken a Mercedes for P4, would have just been laughing all the way to it Finland. It would have that. been, yeah, quite <laughs> insane. I think it's been such a great move for both parties, to be fair, Russell and Bottas. It so, is one of those rare Formula 1 yeah. moves that seems to benefit everyone, isn't it? Yeah. And Bottas is doing great, to be fair. I think Russell was probably compromised, well, he was compromised by, they missed a flap adjust when he went from inters to dries. Yes, yeah. So had pretty bad understeer for the rest of the race, but was able to hang on for P4. Lando Norris up in P3 for his first podium of the year. Yeah, um, it says it all about Norris, isn't it? The fact we haven't yeah. basically not mentioned him, because he basically wasn't seen all day. <laughs> yeah, he, he just quietly ran and picked off places when other people messed up. Yeah, fair play, got him a podium, so... Can't complain about that. Um, what else happened? Lower down the order. Not a lot, really. Yeah, I mean, Max Verstappen, like we said, took the Grand Slam. Red Bull's second one-two of the turbo hybrid era. Yeah. It's kind of insane. <laughs> and the uh, previous then... the previous one-two was also in their main rival's backyard, which is quite funny. So, Malaysia, back when they were not fighting quite. Mercedes. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, well, it's not really Mercedes' backyard. A major Petronas. sponsor, yes, but... Well, there we go. We could argue this year, therefore, that Red Bull's backyard is Singapore because they're sponsored by Bybit. <laughs> a Bybit Singaporean? 
Yeah. Oh, didn't know that. Singapore I guess company. you've done the research now. I certainly have. <laughs> yeah, so the second one too. And have you seen the stats as well for how many one twos each team's had in the turbo hybrid era? Oh, it must be terrible. Ferrari it's, had about four, three. It's four for Ferrari. Now two for Red Bull. Of course, one for McLaren. Oh, and yeah. 53 for Mercedes. Yeah, that's pretty mad. <laughs> I mean, Racing Point almost got one. So. Yes. <laughs> they got a 1-3 back again? in Sakir. It was a 1-3, wasn't it? Yeah, I forgot yeah. about that. Yeah, that was yeah. a weird podium, Mercedes wasn't it? Stroll been... and Ocon joined Sergio oh, Perez in that one. terrible. <laughs> but, Perez, I mean... Perez was good. The other two fluked it. <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. Um, but yeah, I mean, looking at the rest of the run, running order, though, like we said, Russell again, he's been so consistent he's been early doing on very this year. Well. The only man to maintain top fives every race. He's had, yeah. what, fifth, fourth, third, fourth. Yeah. Which is kind super, of mad. Super job from Russell, especially when his team boss is saying the car's undrivable to his other driver. Yeah, so... I mean, we'll, we'll talk about that a little <laughs> bit more in a second. Uh, Bottas in fifth, though, again, like we said, a very good outing by him. And Alfa Romeo picking up more good points. Leclerc 6th, gutted for him. I uh, definitely could have, you know, at least had the P3 there. Sonoda, yeah. fantastic day by him. Sebastian Vettel, for all the stick we gave him, Jamie, I think we yeah. both have to apologise to all he the Seb fans. Listening. He must he have, have yeah, must have been listening <laughs> to that one. Sebastian Vettel, P8, now ahead of K-Mag, who still scored a decent point, uh, two points, sorry, for Haas. And Lance Stroll as well, means Aston Martin yeah. were one of just two, despite not scoring points up to now, and us saying... Two weekends ago, they won't didn't score points really look season. like they won't anytime <laughs> soon. Immediately they get both cars in the points and squash Williams' hope of P9 overall. Yeah, although Alvin was 11th. He could have scraped yeah. a point if he got a yeah. bit luckier. Not so far away. It's also it's a record for the soonest into a season that every team has scored points. Is it? Yeah, four races, every team's got points. I thought 2017 was pretty close. No, that was Italy. No, it wasn't. It was Baku. No. It was when did McLaren Spain. score? That McLaren were the last team to score that year, I think. I thought it was still, Spain. It wasn't in the first because Verline scored, didn't he? He scored in Baku as well, Verline. Yeah, so but he in... scored in Spain before. Oh, that, Baku was after Spain, wasn't it? Yeah. Right. Ah, oh, round five was Spain. Yeah. So this is round four, and all the teams have got points. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, I mean, I wasn't far away there. With, with that Actually, run. you were, because McLaren didn't score until Baku, which was round nine. Okay. Round eight. Yeah, because that was Alonso, wasn't it? Where he yeah. had no wheels <laughs> on the wagon and still scored yeah. points. Yeah. So, yeah, very it's a good sign for the competitive grid. Like, only two drivers, full-time drivers, haven't scored points as well now. Yeah. Um, and one of them driving them the fifth fastest car. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we'll, we'll discuss where we rank the teams in terms of pace as well. I think that'll definitely be on a show in the near future on another break week. But yeah, I mean, clearly the new regs are working as well, aren't they? Which is a really good thing. Yeah, there's no way last year that a Mercedes could follow anyone for like 40 laps without having overheating issues. No, exactly. Exactly. Encouraging stuff. uh, Ross Braun smashed it. He certainly has. He certainly has. He has screwed his old team. (laughs) Yeah, I don't think he's too worried about that because, you know, his his alliance is still with Ferrari at the end of the day, I think. But, yeah, I mean, there were talks as well, weren't there? I read somewhere online saying that Mercedes had a completely different rear wing on Hamilton's car. Because, I mean, from Tosa, he seemed to be the only driver really struggling constantly to put the power down. That car did not look good on the rear end. I haven't seen anything about that, so I'll refrain from commenting, although it sounds like conspiracy to me. But there we go. A completely different wing you can normally see, but okay. Um, Wow. (laughs) Yeah, but I mean, I don't... I think this is the horrible thing, isn't it? I think a lot of people are saying, is this the end of Hamilton? You know, all this, that and the other. We're four races in. You never write of Hamilton. If you've watched F1 in the last 10 years... Yeah, you never write of Hamilton. Let's not forget as well, he's been sensibly quicker than Russell in two races. Yeah. In and normal Baku, races. the team completely tried a concept that didn't work. So, you know, don't, um, in Jeddah, yeah. I, I don't want to make too many excuses for him, but I think we can safely sort of count that one out as an anomaly as well. Well, the qualifying Jeddah. was the big problem this race. And yes, they basically... Yeah. Like, he maybe could have beaten Russell, but they were basically screwed by the tyre heat up in yeah. quali. And then Russell just got a good start, which is pretty, like, that could happen to anyone. 
Ex- yeah, exactly. So, exactly. Yeah, it's it's too early to be saying Hamilton's a fraud. Not yeah. not my champion and all that, but I yeah. mean, he's no he's no longer in my goat conversation. But we'll get onto that as a mother. Oh, point. behave, <laughs> behave. Well, he's in um, he's in the conversation, but Michael's number one. So there we go. Oh, I mean, Senna's <laughs> Senna's slightly better than Michael, but okay. um, you, yeah, I mean, I think again, this is the other thing, isn't it? People are sort of saying, no, has Hamilton sort of run out of motivation for the sport? First of no. all, <laughs> let's not forget. Could you blame him after the end of last year? I think 99.9% of people would have walked away giving Formula 1 a huge middle finger had that happened to them. He was so gracious in Abu Dhabi as well. The way Hamilton responded in Abu Dhabi was something that... I don't know how he managed it. You cannot argue. Had that happened the other way around, Max Verstappen would have thrown all the toys out of the pram. Joss Verstappen would have probably hit someone or many people. Yeah. Hamilton... Yeah, Hamilton, just by any sort of count, was far more gracious than anyone would be. And like you said, yeah. if he is feeling demotivated, who can blame him? He got shafted out of trying to break the record <laughs> for the most championships and is now trying to drive around in a toaster oven. <laughs> yeah, but he's driving it worse than his teammate. No, I'll allow that. Yeah, I mean... I can't I seriously say that with a straight face, unfortunately. It's far too easy to... I mean, like we said, you can never count Hamilton out. If you force Hamilton into a corner, he always comes back I, I would I would still put money on him winning a race this year. I so would I. So would yeah. I. Quite happily. Quite happily. Shall we get on then, Jamie? Driver of the day. Now, mm. I think there's... Uh, are we going to stick to our pattern? There's a few shout We've given it to race there. winners every time, haven't we? Which is yeah. Dead. As much as it pains me because his teammate is a driver I like, I might give it to Sonoda. Sonoda is definitely a good shank, isn't Because he? he basically, he worked his way up from 16th in qualifying, beat Gasly in actual qualifying. Yeah, on uh, pace alone. Up to, up to 12th in the sprint race and then 7th in the actual race. So he was just, and that Alfa Tauri is not that quick. Like, it's probably 7th fastest car. I so think get, the midfield is so close. It's so tight, to, to be fair. It's impossible. But, this is what uh, Gunther Steiner said after Australia, wasn't it? Like, a lot of people were going, how can you yeah. score in points in the first two races and then we're nowhere here? And he went, I cannot stress enough, if you make one tiny setup change that yeah. doesn't work, that can easily be 10 places. Well, you've basically, you've basically got Ferrari and Red Bull quite close and then the rest of the grid is yeah. pretty close. Within a second of each other. There Easily within a second, maybe when, half a second. When Mercedes get it right, they've probably still got the best package out of those other teams. Yeah. But that's probably because they've got all the expertise and all the better engineers and things like that. And a that couple of handy part. drivers as well. Exactly. And probably, yeah, the best driver lineup of the midfield as well. Apart from Alfa Romeo, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think, yes. Yeah, yeah, so I'll, I'll give it to Sonoda. That's mine. It's got to be the Sappen. I'm not a Verstappen fan, but he dominated. Matt's bringing the propaganda for us, at least. Oh, yeah, I'm going to get some hate comment. I see some of you guys <laughs> hating on Jamie each week. I think Jamie's probably... I mean, I can't imagine there's anything Incredibly other than smug. the smuggest of faces <laughs> currently for yes. you. Because... Shall we move on to our predictions before fantasy, I reckon? Oh, it's because not been a fun week. I read the comments. I predicted a Verstappen Domination. pole sprint and race win. And I got slated for it. But here we are. And you did get your other two podium wrong, though. <laughs> well, you didn't get any of your podium. Oh, you got one. I got one right, right yeah. <laughs> it was... But yes, I took home six points I mean, for predicting Verstappen pole, Verstappen sprint win, and Verstappen race win. Yeah, I, I kind of seem to give the kiss of death so far this year. <laughs> I'm, like I said, I'm just going to have to start predicting Verstappen to win each week. How did you the know? Carlos Science race win go, Matt? It did not go well. He got <laughs> murdered by an Australian down in Turn 1. But, you know, had he pit 10 laps earlier than everyone else on drives, he might have dominated this race. He could have done. You never know. Exactly. We never know, and unfortunately we never will uh, after this weekend. <laughs> so I think that now means scores are 16 it's... to 9? Yes, 16 9 like to me. I've been screwed. Well, maybe you just regard. be right. That's the problem. I mean, let's be fair. At the lap one of Saturday, you were not confident in that, surely. Well, I'd already got two points. That's probably more than you got all weekend. So, there you go. <laughs> Friday night, I'd already beaten you for the race weekend. So. <laughs> it pains me. It pains me. <laughs> um, let's get in then to our F1 fantasy recap, Jamie. 
Now, did you make any changes for this weekend? I don't... No, I did one, actually. I, I'm Gasly dropped in price enough for me to go Alonso to Gasly, which I don't know why I did. Um, that, I'm but... sure, was looking good after Friday. Yeah, I wasn't confident when Gasly went out in Q1. But overall, Alonso DNF'd, so it works out. So, uh, yeah, just the same for Stappen, Leclerc, Ferrari, then my big three. Then Joe, Magnussen, Gasly, my other three. And how many points did Jamie 183 score this week in F1 Fantasy? I got, given in mind that it was a sprint race, there's more points available, I got 191. Yes! <laughs> which is not that bad, I don't think. But... It's worse than I did, though, and that's the most important thing in my eyes <laughs> at the what moment. What did you get, Matt? I got 199 because my team of number twos, as he <laughs> likes to call it, absolutely smashed it, with the exception of Leclerc probably got could have got me a lot more points. Yeah, although everyone's got Leclerc turbo, so it makes no difference. Exactly, yeah. So, so I mean... Yeah, who have you got? Russell and Perez are two of them, aren't they? I've got Magnussen, who had another solid weekend out for yep. Haas, uh, dropped a few places during the races, but there's so many points for qualifying in this that he still did pretty well there. Uh, Leclerc was my turbo, has netted me 60 points. George Russell, fantastic weekend in the end. He was probably another shout-out for driver of the day. We yeah, forgot to mention well. him, uh, alongside Sonoda and Bottas and Verstappen. Uh, Perez scored me 44 points, and Albon scored me 14 points as well. Yeah, so Albon's my been a worst, decent shout, I rate that. My worst result for any of my drivers this weekend was 11th, which isn't bad when you've got to try and pick five cars. Yeah, that's pretty good. And uh, yeah, in the league, we actually compared just before we did, uh, recording. We did. In Matt's league, we're like 16 places apart. You are 872nd, I think. Yes. And I'm 888th. So we're basically overall. level. There must be one point in it or something. How, How many, many points you are you on overall? Uh, 787. Oh, I'm on 785. <laughs> it's so Just close. imagine, you'd be beating me if Alan didn't get disqualified from qualifying. I would! In, uh, <laughs> oh, if only Williams you had to put fuel in a Formula yeah. 1 car. But yeah, let's have a look then. I mean, 4,373 of you now in the league as well, which is absolutely insane. Uh, another link down in the description below, <laughs> you know, if you want to join yeah. our F1 Fantasy, might be able to get close to 5,000 teams by the end of the year. I think that's a bit optimistic now, maybe 4,500. Uh, we'll aim for 5,000 at the very least next year. Uh, but Imola then, Jamie, have you got the full overall points results? I'll do Imola top 10. Uh, okay, yeah, sure. So Imola top 10 uh, was won by Cool N, who had mega drivered Max Verstappen, Good call. <laughs> Sites with Leclerc Turbo wow, and so Sergio Perez. That's pretty mad. He's got all four of those in and then K-Mag and Alfa Romeo. Wow. That is yeah, really, a really leaning into the top the top two teams. With I mean, the thing is there as well. Ferraris. He could have scored a lot more points. Yeah, Sainz screwed him a bit. Sainz only got him seven points, which, to be honest, is kind of a miracle he scored that many points yeah. this weekend. But, say, no, you can't turbo Perez, can you? Um, Can you? I No, I don't think you can. I think oh, you can. Like... He's 18 mil. Yeah, you can. So you could have... I mean, he could have been pushed up towards... What was the maximum points anyone scored, Jamie? Can you quickly Ooh, find out on the can, Global League? Yeah, I'll, I'll go and find out real quick. Because Cool N picked up 350 points there, and 186 of those came from Mega Driver in Max Verstappen. So 439 was the most oh, got. Who got that? You guys <laughs> were useless was, this week. Yeah, everyone's terrible in our league. So Verstappen, Mega, Perez, Turbo. Yep. Then you got Magnussen, Albon, Bottas, and Red Bull as a team. Fair play. Got you, uh, 439. Yeah, that is kind of insane. So, back to our league, though. Uh, Jack S with Lord of the Wings. That is a fantastic team. Very good name. He had Mega Driver Perez. Interesting gamble. Uh, he also had Red Bull, Leclerc, Sainz, Magnus, and Bottas. So, again, with the exception of Sainz, you've done pretty well there. Uh, Samuel H, his meme team. Apparently, wow. scored 346 points, but he mega Verstappen turboed Perez. And that then all had, of his points, basically. <laughs> yep. Hamilton, Albon, Magnussen, Alfa Romeo there. Uh, fourth with Ross T. Uh, no, any major things there? Again, mega Verstappen, the turbo yeah, All of these mega Verstappen, pretty much. Exactly. Uh, NGH in fifth ahead of Helder M in sixth. Uh, Federico. Uh, Squadra 2, uh, our top Italian of the week, I suppose, you know, home race for them. 
uh, in tied in sixth place. They're 336 points for those two drivers. And then it was Mohill with 330, tied with Edward C with his team Return of the Mag. And then it was Lior K, who is Israeli in the top 10 there with his second team, but he also used his wild card. Mm. which is rather interesting. So 326 points there. He was tied, actually. I'll give a special shout out to Carolina C, uh, who was tied in 10th place as well at the end of Imola. So congratulations to all of you that made it inside our top 10 uh, for this week. Jamie, let's have a rundown of the overall season top 10. So overall, the leader is Return of the Mag, Edward C, who was top 10 in Imola. Uh, 993 points, which is a lot more than either of me or Matt have got. <laughs> and I'll quickly have a look. What's the maximum anyone scored? Oh yeah, do that so real far quick. This year? You keep so running we've through. Heard, we've heard his team already, but he's top. Uh, then he's got second place is Helder M with that's Gaz. He's also in the top ten for Imola. We've got Ray T in third place, uh, another seven points behind Will M, an Australian in fourth, Argentinian Jerry B in fifth. Joe R in sixth, Mohill again with top ten in Imola at seventh, uh, Argelia Uru who's Mexican in eighth, got Icelandic Svan oh dear uh, Svanfit Oskbjorns um, in eighth, and then Ricardo B who I think won one of the rounds uh, for us was in tenth place. So yeah, congratulations anyone who's doing well. As I said, me and Matt are like 800 and something, so top 20%, which That's is okay. better than I thought I'd do, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> We're hovering around, yeah, just inside the top 20%. Not so what's, the, what's the leader overall of everyone? So, I've just scrolled down. Edward C is 128th globally, which is kind of nice. mad. There are 1.4 million teams, and some of this inside the top 150 is in our silly little league. Yeah. The top team anyone has got, though, I mean, there's obviously a huge amount of ties, is yeah. Manuel D., with 1,038 points. Wow. His worst yeah. result so far this year was Australia with 216. He had That's probably this more weekend, than I have at all. He megaed Verstappen, Turbo Leclerc, had Norris, Magnussen, Albon and Ferrari in his team. So he scored 351 this week. But he's Pretty currently top overall in the world. So Manuel, if you're watching this, get involved in our league, mate. Yeah, or don't. don't. <laughs> so we don't get cyber bullied. Stay yeah. away. <laughs> yeah, don't join our league, in fact, please. <laughs> but, I mean, yeah, let us know down in the comments below how well you guys are doing as well in the league. Like we said, we're hovering just inside the top 900. Uh, so I'm going to try and beat Jamie over the next few weekends yeah. after the amount of stick he's given me for <laughs> my team. Race rating, though, Jamie. Out of 10, yeah. what are we giving it? I think I'd give it another 6, a bit like Melbourne. Like it was definitely enjoyable, but it wasn't like the blockbusters we got for the first two races. No. So no. yeah, I mean, I enjoyed it as a Red Bull fan. Getting a one-two was quite nice, but yeah. I'm sure people in the general community would rate it lower than I have. I was thinking sort of a five and a half. I mean, for me, obviously, there's a bit of a skew there because I'm trying to eliminate the fact. No, I was sort of there as well. You know, the atmosphere and everything yeah. like that. But it was unfortunately a little bit of a dull race was now i think if the drs had been enabled that much sooner could have created a bit more drama a bit more intrigue but yeah maybe that's the way formula one goes sometimes you know i love when you sort of see new fans going the rules seem to be a bit inconsistent and going well <laughs> welcome to formula one it's yeah. just for some reason we've learned to accept this now making uh, up which as is you go quite along, funny a la Abu Dhabi. <laughs> exactly yeah just Whatever, whatever gives Max Verstappen a good chance to win. <laughs> wow. Um, before we round out, though, Jamie, what are our thoughts on the sprint races then? We finally had one with the new cars. I think last year's cars were never really going to work too well with them. This year's no. cars, though, it seems to be working quite well. Yeah, I, as I said right at the start, I think I, I do generally really enjoy them. Like, the whole weekend format feels better because you've kind of got something major on each day yes like quality yeah. friday night is always a nice a nice vibe <laughs> then sprint race saturday like i like it doesn't doesn't affect things too bad too much because i think it would be a bit like novelty if you suddenly had like reverse grids and all this so yeah, yeah. i'm always glad that it doesn't really change too much but it just gives you a bit more entertainment it's obviously way better than a practice session which is what it replaces exactly exactly um yeah i don't I don't really know what I would if I would change anything for future sprint races. Well, potentially I, making points a bit heavier at the top to encourage some moves of the lead. I saw an interesting idea online that I'm going to bring back to you in just a second. 
But I wanted to quickly ask you, of course, there's all this debate, isn't there, each week from a lot of people that don't like sprint races or going, you know, we saw Perez and Sainz move towards the front on Saturday. And a lot of people were sort of saying, yeah, but that then means they don't fight through on Sunday. That ruins a race, a Grand Prix, I think. But it then also means, on the contrary to that, doesn't it, that we've then got four cars that are potentially capable of battling for yeah. the win rather than two. Yeah, I remember, oh, which it was one of the races in 2020, we had a mixed-up qualifying where Bottas and Verstappen weren't near the front, I think, and Hamilton was on pole. By the time they got through the pack, Hamilton's like 20 seconds clear. It just ruins any chance you've got of an interesting race. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yes, it may make it interesting. Was. I think it might have been Hungary, where I think they both got bad starts. Well, Verstappen um, stacked it before the race, didn't he? Yeah, but he, I think it was because Stroll was second for it, wasn't he, at the start? Possibly? I think. Maybe I'm remembering wrong. But anyway, it basically, yes, it might make the first 20 laps less, like, more interesting, but it ruins the whole spectacle because eventually they're going to get through anyway. I think if you did the Grand Prix with the grid you had to set on Friday like the first 20 laps just would have been what we got in the sprint race and then the next 40 laps would have been dead because yeah. they're all strung out at the front so, exactly exactly yeah and i mean let's fit have we not had the sprint race as well science would have still been in it we wouldn't have had that sort of drama or he yeah. probably would have still been in it um but yeah i mean the interesting idea i've seen online jamie is keep the format the same as it is except for friday qualifying the grid is reversed for Saturday's race, but the grid from Friday also forms Sunday's race. So like F2, basically. Yeah, a bit and like what, F2. What, completely reverse the grid for the sprint? Apparently so. I mean, you I could do top eight, idea. you could do top ten. Potentially. I just think it makes it... It just takes away the novelty of winning a race. If you're, say, it's Monaco or it's Hungary or somewhere like hard to pass. But you won't host a sprint race at Monaco or Hungary anytime soon. Yeah, I suppose. Like it would make things more interesting, but I don't think, I don't think the teams would agree to that. Certainly, no, no. Yeah, it just puts a lot of jeopardy in for the big teams who want to always be at the front. So, it's a neat idea. I think watch F two if you want stuff like that. Almost. Yeah, yeah. There's um, an element of that as think, well, isn't it? I don't think it really belongs in F one having reverse grids, but yeah, that's just my opinion. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I mean, is there anything else to add, though, Jamie? Of course, the sprint weekend normally means a little bit of a longer podcast, but I think we've done pretty well yeah, uh, right to get through it. everything we needed to. Red Bull almost broke the record for the most points in one race weekend. It was going to be impossible for them to break it, though. Yeah. <laughs> Williams yeah, they, will they hang only on missed, to that forever. They missed one point um, all, all weekend, weekend Bull, which was insane. Perez finishing third instead of second in a sprint. And that landed them 59 points. Yeah, it means the championship battle is very, very close at the top, yeah, doesn't it, again? it does. Um, and Hamilton's down to seventh, uh, yes. which is quite funny. Just wanted to raise that. Uh, yeah, Williams with 66 from a double points in Abu Dhabi 14 will forever remain the most points in a race, yep. um, which is very funny. Yeah, Verstappen's up to second and Perez is third in the championship. Leclerc still holds a pretty commanding lead, although it's... He still goes safely into next weekend with no ability to lose the championship yeah. lead, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it's 27, I think, or 29 points or something. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. 27 points still. I'm a lot more hopeful, as long as the Red Bull doesn't break down again next week, which would be very upsetting. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Verstappen's keeping up his streak of DNF win, DNF win. That's true. He's also not finished a race where he's... Uh, he's not finished a race with an undamaged car outside the top two since Turkey 2020. Yeah. Which is quite mad. But normally because he then damages the car. Well, no, the only reason he had that is because of Hungary, where he had half didn't, a side. Didn't he have a sixth ninth. place somewhere as well, I thought? No. Or was that no. Turkey? It was either, yeah, sixth was to Turkey the year before. Right, okay. But he, every race last year, he was either P1, P2, or DNF. <laughs> I think, yeah, it's a bit of a... I've always thought it's a bit of a strange stat, because all that means is you're rapid or crashing into people. Um, or people but... crashing into you like they did in Silverstone. But mm, there we go. Mm. I think we know he was on the other side <laughs> of that corner. Let's end the podcast. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, so Charlotte Leclerc, though, still goes into the next race weekend at Miami. Oh, yeah. We're going to That'd Miami. Of course, next week we'll have our preview show for that before 
yeah, unfortunately, after next weekend, the, the idea of a break week is pretty much going away, isn't it? Unfortunately. Uh, yeah. So we're going to have a lot of podcasts to get through very quickly after that. But yeah, Leclerc will leave Miami still as championship leader. Uh, Verstappen, though, P2 now ahead of Perez there. Russell up to fourth still ahead of Carlos Sainz there. And yeah, funnily enough, the closest Bottas has probably been to Hamilton in a championship battle in years. <laughs> and all it took for him to move to Alfa Romeo. Yeah. Yeah, but, good stuff from Bottas so far. Exactly, yeah. Fair play to him. Fair play. But I think, though, Jamie, unless there's anything more for y- from you... Don't think so. That's no, me out. I think that will do us, then, for this week's show. As always, thank you, everyone, so much for listening. Like we said, you know, if you're watching this on YouTube, please do go check out the show on Spotify as well, though. You know, we're having a lot of fun with it. You know, I think we're trying some different things out with it as well. I'm quite enjoying it at the moment. Hopefully you are as well, mm. Jamie. I'm sure you tell me otherwise uh, as well. But... Yeah, thank you all so much for listening. Uh, From me as well, quickly, uh, a massive thank you for 44,000 subscribers. Hashtag blessed. Uh, Loving that. Uh, But yeah, now I'm back from Miller. Content should pretty much be resuming as normal now. You know, we've got a lot of stuff to get through over the next couple of weeks and months. So yeah, really, really hyped for everything that is coming up in the near future. But that'll do us all, though, for this one. And we will be back next week then. Episode 53, ready to preview... Formula One's first steps into Miami.